Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss racking our jet brains. Czech software development firm published a statement denying reports claiming that they're under investigation. Next up, SolarWinds Krebs for Mercy. And our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 71, recorded on January 11th, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey. Happy 2020 pun, LaBelle. With me, co-host Chad, Breaking Solar Winds, Anderson. And last, but not least, Tim, you're the solar winds beneath my wings, Helming. Well Hello, done. everyone. What an entrance uh, to the new year. Anything gone on this week or since, yeah, the, since the new year? I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. Actually, my theory is it's currently of this recording, December 41st, 2020. I, I refuse so to believe. <laughs> I am so with you. I just said that to the other day to somebody. I said, I, I'm just chalking this up to very, very late 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is just, you know, like 2020 was the prequel to 2021 where it really goes big. <laughs> oh. That Dark was how we prepared ourselves. It was like yeah, well, we, we got a pretty good handle on it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. So 2020 was like the warm up before the main workout, you know? I think this year is going to end in the the ending of the Dark Knight, the Christian Bale series the first one where they just like maybe it's the second one where they just like lock stuff down they're like just let it burn nobody leaves mm. just lock lock it down yeah that's really dark but yeah we are a real <laughs> positive bunch of people uh excuse me i'm just gonna go get a bucket of prozac i'll be right back oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep we're about as positive as a would be about as yeah. positive as an electron is that there how we're go. feeling yeah we're about <laughs> as positive as an electron maybe a neutron on a good day um anyway okay. now that we've entered this very dark place <laughs> let's get to our first article which is racking our jet brains so a czech software development firm jet brains published a statement Friday denying reports from the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal claiming that JetBrains is under investigation for possibly being involved in the solar winds hack that impacted thousands of the companies across the globe. Um, just for starters here, Chad, there's so much that's happening every day on this front, uh, especially when it comes to new information and rumors about solar winds. Are there any interesting or new findings you want to highlight from the past few weeks from our little podcast vacation? Uh, so, you know, there are some interesting things. Um, you know, people are figuring out uh, more targets after brute forcing portions of that DGA or rather what uh, was thought to be a DGA, but is actually an encoding scheme for which customers they're targeting. Um, that FNV 1A hash that they use to um, hash different um, uh, security products that they would avoid, right, in that malicious DLL, um, things it would look for before its execution. So people have been brute forcing those hashes and kind of figuring out what it was looking for there. 
um, Kaspersky, uh, in fact, leaned in on this today and spoke about how there are some similarities in the code between the Kazuar uh, backdoor and the Sunburst backdoor based upon um, the timing functions that uh, FNV1A hash being used, which certainly is used other places as well, but um, uh, and some other shared elements um, that kind of tie those code bases together, which would be really interesting. Um, and then on top of all that, of course, we have this accusation that JetBrains was leveraged in the attempt to get into SolarWinds Orion code um, from JetBrains Team City CICD pipeline server, which is kind of like a Jenkins or another build server. It automatically builds software over and over um, as changes are made by developers and run tests against it, security checks, that sort of thing. So um, it was certainly quite the accusation. I have to be honest, every time I hear Team City, I think of Party City. And it makes it makes me miss the days of Party City in more ways than one. Um, you know, there still is a Party City up in Linwood. Um, oh my gosh! Have I know because I, I I I would hope so. Um, <laughs> that's where I go to for all of my um, you know tiki accessories and necessities. Your party city needs I somehow missed yeah. missed out on party city, but it sounds like it's a supply place and not an alternative to Chuck E. Cheese's where maybe there are fewer brawls. Yeah, it all depends on your attitude, uh, honestly. You could make it that way if you want. Uh, there needs to be an adult Chuck E. Cheese with like a, a nice ball pit and everything in these times. <laughs> Ooh, that's yeah, that would go over very well during all of this. I think that's the solution to many of our problems are more ball pits <laughs> yeah uh people oh are keep trying to get standing desks and you know fancy things for the office balance boards but they i'm really waiting on that ball pit desk <laughs> i'm just gonna show up at a meeting and chad's gonna be in a giant ball pit be like it's you know, studies have I shown think, i think discord's new uh, audio filter for potato chips would probably be helpful against the ball uh, pit noise also mm-hmm yeah, I'm actually in a Chad. ball pit right now. I'm recording live from an from an old McDonald's. Are you in Hawaii plus in a ball pit? Because that's just unfair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it is unfair, <laughs> but I, I'm truly living the best best possible existence. He, he's going to use his bully ball pit to uh, talk about cybersecurity now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ball's in your pit. Yeah, this is uh this is up to you. All right. Well, sorry for the sidetrack there about Party City. Um, it brought us to a great place, I think. It helped us recover from the darker, darker zone we were in earlier. Um, but before we get into the minutiae of this development, what what is JetBrains, Chad? Yeah, they're a Czech company um used by software developers all over the world. So they make um IDEs is what I know them for, or integrated development environments. Uh, they have all these nice features and make developing software a bit easier for programmers. Like IntelliJ is a huge one for developing job applications. It's super painful to develop job applications and very verbose, and it makes that a little less painful. Um, PyCharm is really popular as well for people to do Python. And then most recently, like Goland is one that they have for Golang that I keep getting Instagram ads for, which is crazy. I need to leave me alone. Um, but uh, each has these handful holding features and other niceties that many experienced developers refuse to work without. So it's pretty good chance if you were looking to do a supply chain attack that, um, you know, someone in an organization would be using a JetBrains product. Sorry, what was that other one? There's Party. What was it? Party Town? No, that's not right. What was their other product called that we talked about earlier? Oh, uh, Team City. Town. 
Team City. What was what land? Yeah. What was this product? Uh, so Team City may operate in Go Land. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. My gosh, what a party yeah. it must be! Oh gosh. All right. Anyway, so can you summarize then the scenario that U.S. officials are supposedly exploring? Yeah, so uh, reportedly, according to the New York Times and Washington Post, both of which their reporting seems a little dicey to me on this, um, the U.S. um, feds are investigating the use of Team City as a platform for the initial infection into SolarWinds. So we know a little bit from CrowdStrike earlier today, they um, dropped an implant that was used to inject some of the uh, sunburst code. Um, I forget what they've called it. It's like sunspot or something like that. Uh, anyways, this would indicate that the people behind the sunburst backdoor first breached jet brains, created a malicious build of Team City, got that update installed at Solar Winds, breached Solar Winds using that, created a malicious version of the Orion tool, then that got pushed to target organizations, then breached those organizations, and then moved laterally with Cobalt Strike, which is kind of the the path that we know things go after they go through that C2 chain. You know, anytime I see this many layers of complexity, I'm super suspicious. I've certainly been surprised before, but um, this just seems like uh, too much work for an attacker from my end. Follow-up question. Is all food-based reporting dicey? Mm. Um, yeah. But all crap space could be reporting true. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's more accurate, Tim. Certainly. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to find good reporting that's well done, as you could say. It's rare. Yeah, it is. Um, it's rare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially the meat reporting space. Boy, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, Speaking of well, a slight Hawaii aside for you, just so you know, I know you're Hawaii very excited side. to learn this. Um, at least those of us in Hawaii are very excited to learn this. The <laughs> vegan spam is about to hit the market. And oh. so get ready for vegan spam musubis. Um, yeah, this is huge, you know, news, isn't it? Yeah, guilt-free spam. Because um, right now, you really don't know what's in it. It could be vegan. I think it says on the side of the label, like it's actually like mechanically separated chicken product, which I don't really know what that equates to. but um, You'll want to know. Yeah, it's the meat for 2021. My God, what excellent news. I'm very glad for you. Um, yeah. Another win for Chad. If you're talking about meat-based reporting, I just had to you know, drop that. <laughs> Everyone's excited, I can tell. Oh, now you're spamming our audience. All right, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> how has JetBrains responded to this accusation? Have they responded even? Yeah, um, they have um, over Twitter. The CEO said that the company would fully cooperate with any investigation if authorities did reach out to them. Um, you know, and initially they denied it because um, that they found out they were being investigated by Twitter, you know, uh, by reporting. Um, and so they were wondering, you know, what's going on? Why did anyone go to us? Um, you know, the CEO is a um, Russian national. So I guess maybe with the uh reporting that this could be you know svr linked or whatever you know gru linked you know people have made different wild accusations um or well not wild but different accusations <laughs> this haven't been confirmed yet attribution's hard but uh you know maybe with that they chose not to inform the ceo of the company but uh, I, I yeah i don't know seems weird yeah and in their response have you been able to discern how confident they are that their product hasn't been abused 
in the solar winds hack of sorts? Yeah, uh, not entirely, but they seem rather confident um, for me myself. If I'm to look at this, you know, and I, if I was able to bet on cybersecurity incidents in Vegas, which would be awesome because I'd probably actually make some money for once. Um, but I uh, would say that what I'm guessing likely happened here um, is that there's a build script executed by Team City um, that was running. Uh, you know, this is wild speculation on my part, of course. But uh, executed by Team City that was running on SolarWinds's Team City instance, um, which was doing the packaging of their malicious DLL or hiding it from prying eyes during their build process. Um, you know, it, it, it's something that you know these CI/CD pipelines—they just execute scripts that you um, throw at them in a chain, and usually are executing tests and whatnot. So probably injected this malicious DLL, and this was mentioned to the press, and they ran with that as being the Team City was hacked uh, when it was ju really just the CI/CD server executing as it normally would. You know, it just runs whatever script is given to it. Um, so again, I'm willing to be surprised, but the, the layers of complexity here just don't add up. You know, hackers do the bare minimum to be effective and achieve their goals. Um, as Tarek was always uh, famous for saying, you know, they doesn't have to be sophisticated to be effective. Um, so that would be over three vendors out from their intended targets. Um, so a lot of moving parts, um, a lot of security to bust through to their end goal. Um, you know, it's very speculative work to go first after Team City um, and then get into solar winds and then move the next steps. It's uh, it, yeah, it just seems like um, there, there's a lot of places to get caught there. Um, so a little more complex than I would think an operation would um, of the complexity of solar winds, you know, would uh, or with the intent that solar winds had, you know, that or sorry, the intent of Sunburst <laughs> um, that had uh, what their end goal was, you know, there's just too much complexity to possibly muck it up. Well, Chad, I, I know that you and the research team have provided many recommendations to organizations and individuals, but I don't think it hurts to reiterate. What should organizations be doing to A, see if they've been impacted, B, do what, what they should do if the answer to that question is yes? Yeah, so you can certainly check um, your SolarWinds Orion version um, to see if it's one of the affected versions that got pushed. Um, from there, you'll want to follow your standard deeper process, right? Um, instant response. Uh, if the answer to the question is yes, um, that, you know, you were running uh, some of the binaries the, from Orion that, um, you know, contain that malicious DLL, it's still unlikely uh, that the people behind Sunburst chose to act on your infection. Uh, many major companies um, were not of interest in their operation and were never breached with further goals. You know, this is an espionage operation, so they, they kind of got into a lot of places and then um, refined uh, who they were looking at and moved around in their networks. So, um, however, you know, always quarantine and analyze, and that's all you can really do. Um, and there's there's some techniques out there for determining if you were one of the uh, companies selected for the intrusion. So, um, you know, I would read up on that on, um, you know, analyzing the DNS traffic and, and finding out more, but likely is that if you were compromised, someone's already contacted you. Someone's already done their research to figure out like behind all of the, uh, you know, encoded um, C2 domain infrastructure there, they figured out the, the targets of, uh, you know, this sunburst. I don't know why I'm imagining the price is right <laughs> in this situation. Like, you've been breached. Come on down. <laughs> is that the behind door number one or is that a different show? It's... I think it was Let's Make a Deal was the uh, doors number one, two, and three. 
Mm. Oh. I guess let's make a deal is probably more like a ransomware infection. There you go. I yeah. think we could have game shows for a majority of the infections or widely. Oh man, known they should do. They want to make the stakes high. They want to have some drama. They should make game shows where if it goes negative, they can like put a lien on your property and you know, mm. duck from your yeah. bank account and stuff. You can go go completely negative. Just what 2020, 2020, 2021 needs. Can't That's right. If you're, if you're right? A, uh, a Hollywood game show producer listening to this podcast, do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that those people represent a large percentage of our audience. So now I'm quite concerned. All right. Well, sorry. All you people who, who lose your you know fortunes because of uh, my bad game show idea, I apologize. They'll curse you. They'll be like, what the hell, Ming? That's what people will say. Indeed. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's do a quick hoodie rating here. And so the hoodie rating is a quick reminder to our audience is between zero and 10. 10 hoodies is it, things are on fire and zero hoodies is there's a lack, a complete lack of concern regarding an incident or one of these articles. So, for this one, let's talk about hoodie ratings in context of what this means for JetBrains. So if if you're a security professional working at JetBrains, what would you rate this at in terms of, of them hoodies? Uh, I think that this is probably not genuinely that big a deal. I mean, I guess if if you're that hypothetical person who works at JetBrains, you probably know whether or not there's actually something to be worried about here uh, or not. But, you know, given how much of um, of this is conjecture and speculation, I, I don't think it's probably a real huge deal. I would say it, it's not great from a PR point of view, but if you're a security person at JetBrains, you're probably less worried about that. That's not your department. Um, I don't know, two or three maybe say three just to be dramatic but i don't see this as being real high so dramatic tim <laughs> well, would you agree chad or what are you thinking i i would actually diverge from that i would go um you know i would probably look at this at like a seven out of ten if i was working in ir there the reason i'm thinking that is if you know, I think it's, it is pretty, it would be a wildly speculative attack to go after uh, JetBrains first with the intended targets in mind. But if they were, um, the folks behind Sunburst were thinking, you know, first going after um, a company's build server and backdooring that, um, then, you know, we're suddenly looking at, well, who else uses Team City? And, um, you know, could their administration products also be compromised so um that would be my probably biggest concern if i if i worked at JetBrains and security um i would definitely be uh digging through as reviewing as much code as possible right now um but uh yeah that would be that would be really damaging for them as far as like what it seems to be right now though i would agree with tim's assessment that it's not that big of a deal from um, what we do know, but uh, yeah, if it could be bad. Yeah, if it turned out to be real, the whole number is very different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Indeed, indeed. Well, Chad, thank you for your not-so-wild reporting there. Um, and we'll move on to our next article, which is 
SolarWinds Krebs for Mercy. So the software company targeted by supposedly by Russian hackers, but I'd actually like to hear both of your thoughts on that as part of the uh, one of the most wide ranging cyber espionage incidents in recent years has hired former U.S. government cybersecurity chief Chris Krebs to help recover and learn lessons from the incident. So first of all, I'm going to I'm going to pull Tim and then Chad. Are you confident enough to align with the idea that this is uh, Russian-associated, the SolarWinds hack? Starting with you, Tim. I'm going to go way out there on a limb and say yes. <laughs> I am. I mean, attribution is hard, standard disclaimer, et cetera, but an awful lot of things point in that direction. There's not a lot um, that I'm seeing that's pointing in a different direction that has any credibility. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that my... Uh, livelihood doesn't depend on getting attribution of uh, various kinds of cybercrime and cyber espionage things right 100% of the time, but I think it's looking pretty likely. What do you think, Chad? Um, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, with the the objectives and the goals seem to point to a Russian espionage um, operation uh we could also just be seeing a slice of the pie right like mentioned before but um yeah right now with what we know i'd be relatively confident saying that but i also uh uh, never really lean in on the attribution bit (laughs) (laughs) i mean and that's important right I, i think we've talked about it on the podcast before but like if you're a blue teamer nine times out of ten maybe even more than nine times out of ten the attribution from a state sponsor perspective doesn't really matter in terms of how you're doing your job. You know, other people Mm -hmm. are paid to worry about that. But if you're a blue teamer, you just go after what you know about the the event itself and you do your defear processes like uh, Chad was talking about the way you do them. And uh, you leave that speculation to people who are getting paid to speculate about it. But it doesn't for most blue teamers, it really doesn't matter that much. Interesting. Well, thank you for both commenting on that i was just curious didn't want to come in too hot there with the intro (laughs) but just in case anybody's been living under a very well insulated rock um tim i'd love for you to to talk about who chris krebs is and who alex stamos is as well i'll tell you i would love to know where to get one of those well insulated rocks (laughs) if it can shield you from um this level you know uh just knowing about people who have been in the news for uh, all kinds of scary reasons, but that makes it sound like something bad about Chris Krebs or Alex Stamos, which is not. Um, These folks are a couple of the heaviest hitters in the InfoSec community. You might've heard Chris Krebs's name recently because he was the head of CISA, which is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. And he was fired shortly after assuring the public that the November elections had been conducted securely and smoothly. And a lot of his work had gone into the effort to make sure that that was in fact the case. So um, everybody in the uh, InfoSec community knew that uh, uh, Chris Krebs would have tons of options after that um, firing, which was pretty stupid in my opinion, because he is uh, very good at what he does, but that's just me. And so what he did after being let go from CISA is teamed up with Alex Stamos, who used to be the head of security at some obscure outfit called Facebook, I think, uh, to form something they're calling the Krebs Stamos Group. 
And it did not take long for that new company to land itself a very high profile job, which was helping solar winds with where to go from here. Hmm. Face Facebook, did you say? Is that Yes, I think it was originally called the Facebook, but uh, they changed it. They dropped the the if you're searching on it in your uh, on Dogpile or AltaVista or whatever you're using to search on. (laughs) Oh gosh! Well, what does this move by SolarWinds suggest? Well, I think it was a great move on their part. Um, It tells me they're taking their future seriously, and uh, maybe more importantly, the security of their huge numbers of customers. Um, I think it's safe to say that SolarWinds as a company is in an existential crisis right now. And to me, a move like this will definitely help the perception of them. Uh, It's good PR, but I'm confident that they've done it for a lot more than just the PR value of this because Krebs and Stamos aren't just going to go in there and sort of help them craft some nice public statements uh, for their PR team. They're going to really help them get their house in order and understand much better how this happened, um, what safeguards and measures they need to put in place um, to protect themselves and, and most importantly, their customers against anything like this happening in the future. All said, and I, I am curious too, did SolarWinds talk about this publicly or make any statements on this matter? They did. Yeah, they're not hiding. So I'll uh, I'll actually read a quote here, uh, a blog quote from their CEO, uh, Sudhakar Ramakrishna, who said, we've engaged several leading cybersecurity experts to assist us in this journey. And I commit to being transparent with our customers, our government partners, and the general public in both the near term and long term about our security enhancements to ensure we maintain what's most important to us, your trust. So that was the right kind of statement uh, to make here. You know, definitely no kind of uh, uh, downplaying. He's not out there saying there's nothing to see here, folks. Um, He's saying we know um, we've got some work ahead of us and we're going to engage some extremely well-respected people to help us with that. And they also told uh, ZDNet in an article that they were researching about this, that they are looking for guidance on their posture and their policies to help them evolve into the kind of company that they want to be after this. So, um, yes, definitely a good move in my opinion. Thank you for pulling that information together there, Tim, and just have a few other questions for you on this matter. And the main one is when we're talking about the impact of this attack in particular, what is that meant for solar winds? I believe they're publicly traded. And so I'm just curious what this has done to their bottom line. Right. So, yes, they are on the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, you can probably imagine this. They didn't get any love from the markets when this news broke. Um, Right now, as of when we're recording this, they're trading at a little more than half of what they were at before the hack was announced. Um, If you go on your favorite finance site and look at a one-year chart on SWI, that's their uh, stock ticker symbol, uh, you'll be able to tell exactly where... (laughs) where this thing occurred um, when this act was revealed. Um, Now, I did notice that this actually is not the lowest that their stock price has been in the last couple of years. So the market is not giving up on them, uh, if you can tell. And I can't help but think that this move um, to hire such well-respected experts in cybersecurity will, if nothing else, it'll at least calm down investors a bit, uh, folks who are uh, looking at SolarWinds and other tech companies. Um, But 
really in the long run, it all depends on what happens with their customer base. You know, does their customer base remain loyal? Does it go away? Um, that obviously is going to be the real test here. Yeah. And just to broaden this conversation a little bit, you know, we've seen quite the range of just anything from horrendous handling of breach disclosures to to companies that have gone about it in a way that hasn't had a long-term impact. Namely, you know, FireEye comes to mind recently as being sort of the first domino in this whole SolarWinds discussion. So do you have any thoughts on how companies have historically and ideally in the future should have dealt or deal with this type of negative news? Yeah, obviously one of the first points is bad news never ages well. Uh, there's a reason that crisis communications is a thing uh, for companies. There's a specific discipline around how you communicate when there's been a big corporate disaster. And part of that is this balancing act on how much you disclose and when. For one thing, you have to know yourself what's going on in order to communicate effectively about it. Um, but if it takes time to even gain that level of situational awareness, then you do have to at least make some kind of acknowledgement, even if that acknowledgement is initially is just in the spirit of, OK, we acknowledge something's happened. We're on it. We're going to keep you informed regularly as soon as we know more. And I think people tend to be relatively forgiving of mistakes that our fellow humans make. Uh, you know, most of us have some degree of empathy um, as well as that sense when one of these things happens that, you know, it's never out of the question that we could find ourselves in some kind of uncomfortable spot sometime. And we hope that the world wouldn't jump to a snap judgment about us either. So transparency is important, but so is making smart moves beyond just the transparency that shows that you grasp the moment of the situation, that you're being smart on how you proceed from there. That's a great point. And I'm curious then what the impact is on organizations that miss that mark that you're talking about when it comes to transparency and a step beyond that when it comes to public disclosures. Well, it gives publishers of books on how to do crisis comms good material for their uh, next book. But <laughs> I think it gives other companies um, an object lesson in what not to do. I mean, uh, now, this is going back a little ways, but for those who remember the Sony hack in 2015, uh, what was going on there is they were basically facing extortion from the attackers who were demanding that they not release a film uh, about Kim Jong-un. They caved to the attackers and they suspended the release of that movie, which was called The Interview. And that brought a lot of criticism, uh, even from uh, President Obama, who was president at the time. Um, also, uh, in the face of the reporting a little bit more recently about the misuse of its data and their relationship to uh, Cambridge Analytica, Facebook took a lot of heat um, and they sort of went into hiding for a while. And that just creates an environment for lots of speculation and lots of criticism to thrive. So missing the mark on how you do disclosure of these kinds of issues uh, has a lot of potential ways to backfire from erosion of public trust to losing customers and therefore losing market share and market value. With cybersecurity, there's also the concern that silence uh, in some cases may risk your customer's security itself because they have to know what to do, right? If you have been breached and that has a potential impact directly on your customers, then of course, you have to be able to give them good guidance on how to uh, protect themselves. You don't want to take a bad thing and make it worse. So I do want to end on a positive note and reiterate that I think this move on SolarWinds part, hiring uh, Chris Krebs and Alex Stamos was a good one. 
Thank you so much for that in-depth commentary there, Tim, on on all of the above things. I think these are, are great reminders and important, especially in the midst of <laughs> challenging times like this one with solar winds to to have in the back of our minds. And I want to ask Chad how he would rate this and sort of the the shadow hoodie rating we have are goodies like warm chocolate chip cookies is kind of what I'm imagining um, or whatever that maybe that's vegan spam. Um, nice, fresh vegan spam. Of course, we don't know. Maybe Chad thinks it was a terrible idea to hire these guys. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We'll find Chad. out. Coming right Will up. there be cookies? That's all I need to know. Yeah, they should have hired no one. They should have just gone on like nothing happened. They should have made no breach announcements. Just absolutely zero transparency. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just deny, deny, deny. Um, I, you know, I think this is a great move. I just, I would just puppet what uh, Tim has said here is, um, you know, Krebs from what I understand of him, um, you know, secondhand, obviously, but because uh, I don't know Cribs personally, but um, he was a very good policymaker and um, very effective at getting a, a team, um, you know, with good work policies in place to uh, accomplish um, great things. And you can kind of see that. And even after his um, Twitter firing from CISA, CISA is still checking along, doing great things. Um, and that's probably a testament to the uh, scaffolding that he set up. Um, you know, with that organization there to be as effective as possible um, with their process. So hopefully that, um, you know, comes into solar winds. And I think that's what they're thinking as well. Uh, so I would, I would, yeah, like seven out of seven goodies. Seven out of seven. Yeah. Do you, is, do you buy cookies by the half dozen plus one? What is yeah. this seven out of seven? Where that's is that the baker's half dozen, isn't it? Yeah, it's the baker's half dozen. Uh, yeah. See, now I'm the fool. Uh, seven Oreos fit in a row. Um, so, you know, that's just really what I was thinking. Like, you only ever eat one whole row. No, I just made that up. I don't actually know how many Oreos are in a row. I think it's more. I think it's more, but I think some, some primary research is warranted here for sure. Yeah, I will let you know. And, and does, you know, I, I only go for um, double stuff, double stuffs, you know, where you extract two and double stuffs and place them together. I, that would be a quad stuff, I believe. So there's possibly only seven out of seven quad stuff Oreos in a row. Good Lord, I, I, do. I have to go to the convenience store now. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chad, you should do a an episode on credential stuffing while eating double stuffed mm. Oreos. Yeah, and Oreo like stuffing with Thanksgiving stuffing. stuffing. There you go. Mm, yeah. Oreos and stuffing. Nom nom, David. Yeah. Maybe I'll make like a dessert stuffing that's just like crushed Oreos. Uh, As an aside, and, and, you know, of course you can leave this in the final episode if you want to, Kelsey, but we got from our next door neighbors this recipe for chocolate truffles that have, as their secret ingredient, crushed up Oreos in them. And, mm. oh my God, they were amazing. Very easy to make. So. I was going to say, this is uh, this has come up recently, I think. Crushed down Oreos mm. is a thing. Oh, man. Yeah. Uncrush your soul. By okay, it's, like Oreos. A, it's a compound <laughs> called Oreum. <laughs> mm. Should be on the periodic table. <laughs> yeah. It's the most delicious element. 
Oh my gosh. Tim, what do you think? How would you rate this one? Definitely uh, high on the goodies scale. I, I, I'll say eight out of 10 uh, goodies. And, um, you know, I, I wish them well. I, you know, you never, you hate to see this happen to, to any company. And there's a lot of folks, I'm sure, that uh, work at Solar Winds that are having a really rough time right now. So uh, definitely hope this works out well. Absolutely. We're all rooting. We're all rooting for them. So yeah, this is, this is great news and good to see Krebs back on. <laughs> Sorry. Chad's doing a great dance right now and I wish that everyone could see it. Could you describe that dance move you did as this is an audio format Chad? I, I think people deserve to know. Yeah. Um, it was more just a, like a light head bob back and forth. Um, yeah. Some might call that dancing. <laughs> yeah, some might call that dancing. Um, it got into it your was shoulders, I Yeah, hey. well, you know, it's hard to not uh, let the the beat overtake you, you know, as they say. <laughs> when imperative. the Oreo cookies kick in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you both. Uh, this has been a great episode. First one back for the year. And I want to end with our classic game, Two Truths and a Lie. And I believe Chad is up this week with three mm-hmm. article titles. He's going he's gonna to read them to us. Two of them are true, mm-hmm. and one is a lie. A lie. And so Tim it's and true. I are going to try to suss out his tomfoolery, his Chad foolery, if you will. Call his bluff. Yeah. <sighs> are you ready, Chad? Yeah. I should, uh, yeah, I should hope so. I mean, I had all week to prepare these fantastic article titles number one adobe recommends uninstalling flash product by january 12th 2021 the time is upon us thank goodness uh uh, number two parlor app content archived after archive team able to pull down open database number three as Bitcoin crests $40,000, Electro Rat creates false companies to drain crypto wallets of victims. Oh, those are juicy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have a hard time believing that you would throw that first one out there if it wasn't true, because I think it would just be so painful for you to, <laughs> to say that out loud if it wasn't accurate. The second one, I do know that somebody pulled down and archived um, some some parlor haters, like parlay, 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 parlor games, parlor. Yeah, that's. <laughs> it does hurt me on some level. I was a French major and just. The fact that that's how that word is said. It's like when people say foyer, perhaps that's very elitist of me and cruel, but yeah. it just just rubs me the wrong way on. We will always be happy to visit your foyer. My foyer, which is also my living room <laughs> and my uh, desk area. <laughs> I'll, I'll give me a, a wonderful short story that'll really go uh, entice your Frenchness. Um, there was... A restaurant in downtown Reno. Uh, I went to school in Reno at UNR. Um, and there were oftentimes, um, it was a very fancy restaurant, wine restaurant. 
And uh, they're oftentimes these big, Reno loves its bar crawls, lots of drunk people around. And I'm enjoying a nice glass of wine as drunk people are falling down the street by me. And a, a nice young lady uh, calls for a cab and they ask where she is. And she turns around and she looks up at the sign and she goes, I'm in front of B.O. Jolius, <laughs> which is uh, Beaujolais, uh, which you might know. <laughs> I thought that was going to be a wine pun. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it kind of is. You know, Beaujolais is a, uh, what is it, a, a brand of wine, a region? It's a region, very, a region in France. Yeah, there we go. A very young wine. Yeah. Um, uh, B.O. Jolius is, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, they talk about that on Parlor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, Tim, I have a fear that Chad is trying to get us to stop thinking critically about which one of his was a lie. Do you have any I'm I'm gonna say the third one is is a lie and hope that you're not splitting hairs on the second one because I'm not exactly sure how this person went about archiving the database, but I do know that to be true. I think uh, the first one is the lie because I think the end of Flash already occurred. I don't think it's January 12th. Uh, so I don't remember. I, I feel like I'm taking a bit of a risk here because uh, there is definitely the, the big story about the end of Flash is definitely true. But I thought it was already in the past. So. We'll see if this costs me my point, because I have not heard, I don't remember specifically seeing that story about Electro Rat um, and the uh, draining the uh, crypto uh, wallets, but it also seems entirely probable. And I'm just going to say that if I turn out to be wrong on this, I'm going to contest it on the grounds that that third one is definitely going to be true soon, if it's not already. <laughs> already. Can I get a drum roll, Tim Helming? All right, Chad. All right. So you both get points today. Because in this post-truth world, it's important that we take the time to celebrate truth and facts. And with that, I've made everything true this week. And oh, here we are. My the game. Huh is forever changed do wow. all three of us get points then do you get extra points for coming up with that idea what does this mean i mean i i don't you know i don't need points you know i uh i think i think i'm gonna come back around obviously and crush you both in the future <laughs> <laughs> he's just feeling magnanimous wow. now it's a cat and mouse game make no mistake he's toying with us tim this is, is a long is. this is the long game that chad's playing long with us. yeah yeah a we're long dead. con <laughs> all right chad i will not pity parlor you. games i will, I will parlor games i will you should have you done a here. two truths and a lie segment about the dancing boston scientific robots I'm sorry what oh yes Oh, yes. Yeah, this, that that's is where I stole my move from earlier. I was going to say, I was gonna, they actually I, described it as bobbing their head side to side. So a little mm -hmm. worried, Chad. Those robots do dance better yeah. than I do. I, I will just, I'll admit that right now. Who knows? Robotic yeah. dance moves probably will be a compliment in a few years. It'd be like, you seen those Boston Dynamics robots? Like, 
Can you keep up with them? I don't mm-hmm. think so. They should enter one on Dancing with the Stars, actually. Oh, wow. Be great uh, publicity for them. Either way, it's scary that these murder robots are like now have these great dance moves because how demoralizing <laughs> is it going to be to get like totally murdered by some rogue robot and then it celebrates with a dance over the top of you? <laughs> Literally, Oh, wow. yeah, that's the way it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Bummer. Everyone thought it was like really cool, like Terminator like, but really it's just these like dog like robots. They're like, I just crushed you. And they just <laughs> <laughs> dance around. And they're going to make TikToks about it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, That's true. Wow. We started on a really unpleasant note and I think we ended on one too. That's the worst one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- at least it was more funny. We had a, uh, it was kind of like a, an Oreo, like the, the filling was fluffy and nice. I mean, the outsides were still nice though. So it's not like an Oreo. I like the outsides of the Oreos too. Yeah. The outsides are pretty good. I got to say those mm-hmm. uh, albino Oreos just, I don't, I don't really get that. Like mm-hmm. Maybe they're delicious, but I've never been tempted to try one. Just yeah. get some Nilla wafers at that point. That's what I'm saying is all. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Just get one of those things of pre-made frosting and a thing in Ella wafers and mm-hmm. do it up. <laughs> Crack a white claw and have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh on that God. delightful note, we've given you all something to do while you listen to your next episode of Breaking Badness. Please break open a white claw, have some Nilla wafers. Um Chad and uh, Tim, very nice to have you back. We will be back even with a holiday weekend coming up this next week. So you'll catch us for episode 72 of Breaking Badness. Thank you both and happy 2021, everybody. Whenever that starts, remember this is still just very late 2020. (laughs) (laughs) That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>